The Lord be with you. And also lift up your hearts. We lift them up. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of Almighty God touches earth in the humility of Christ, here where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather to worship together. Our liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God through our actual congregation at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, on our radio congregation at WBUR 90.9 FM in New England, and around the globe at WBUR.org for our internet virtual congregation. We invite your emailed and written responses, your identification of forms of ministry as you find them, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us on Sunday morning. Today we gather on Commonwealth Avenue as citizens of the Commonwealth of Heaven at the street marked vocation. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy that the church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Ye that do truly and earnestly repent of sin and are in love and charity with neighbor and intend to lead a new life following the commandment of God, draw near in faith and make this humble confession to your comfort. May we pray. the good news. If we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. A lesson from Paul's first epistle to the Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy to the Church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, give, give thanks to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of people we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for in spite of persecution you received the word with joy, inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place where your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among them, and how you turned to God from idols, to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of the Lord.
Let us pray responsively verses from Psalm 99 with the antiphon. <coughs> Let the peoples tremble. God sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is the Lord. Mighty ruler, lover of justice, you have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol our God. Worship at God's footstool. Holy is the Lord. Moses and Aaron were among God's priests. Samuel also was among those who called on God's name. They cried to the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept God's decrees and the statutes that were given them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Extol our God and worship at God's holy mountain. Surely the Lord our God is holy. in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Dei, the reading of the Gospel, and the singing of our hymn. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. 
chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Glory to you, O Lord. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Please be seated. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. For those who are listening and worshiping with us from Pacific Beach in San Diego and Raleigh, Durham, let me be clear and announce for you that this is Parents Weekend at Boston University and we are delighted to greet our parents in this season of coming and going, of leaving and of returning. We are aware of all of the many uh, festivities of this weekend, and we recognize to the gift of our visitors with us today. You know, this is a time when you can catch a gleam in a dad's eye or the curl of a smile on a mother's mouth as they pass by on Commonwealth Avenue. It's a time of feelings as well as thoughts. It is a time when we have a feeling of gratitude, of thanksgiving, that's not just Thanksgiving because there's one less bell to answer, one less egg to fry, one less teenager to pick up after, although that's a word of Thanksgiving as well. It's serious and more bone-jarring than that. It's the feeling of <coughs> the catch in the throat that a year and 10 and 19 have gone by and breath and life and love together Thanks be to God, we saw a fiddler on the roof 30 years ago, and now we know what they meant. That's the prayer we utter along Commonwealth Avenue. If we can open our lips to utter it, thank you. This is a time of feeling, a feeling of loss as well. You know, the feeling of loss is a nearby neighbor to the feeling of thanksgiving, the neighbor to the right or maybe in the flat just above. We have a feeling of loss, and it's not just the loss you may feel when you're writing that first or second tuition check, although that is a feeling, too. It's the loss that comes when you recognize that to move to adulthood, there needs to be separation. So hard and so good. We took our three children from Rochester to the center of Ohio, each for a different reason, to a small college, as I like to say and repeat, we took them to a small Methodist college for small Methodists fall by fall. And when we returned, I thought each time that the tears would stop, certainly by the time we reached Cleveland, or at least when we got to Erie, strange name, or when we got to Buffalo, or at least when we got home. But you know, they didn't at any point, and in some ways they haven't stopped yet. There's a prayer that comes along Commonwealth Avenue, and it's goodbye. There's a feeling, too, of hope in this season. How can you not feel hope at matriculation, for instance, when there are 4,000 and more 18-year-olds? 8,000 feet, 8,000 hands, 8,000 eyes, and when they stand to cheer in one voice, it's like being on the beach with a 10-foot wave coming toward you. That is, it's terrifying. If you can get a prayer out, it's something like, Baba, bless you. This is a season of feeling. We bathe in feelings in this hour, and we come to listen to the good news, the beginning of the gospel in Paul, 1 Thessalonians, the beginning of Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And in both 
They advise us to turn to God from idols, to serve a living and true God, and to wait for God's Son from heaven, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come, to turn toward vocation, calling, service, and also in the Gospel of Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, to sense and see, to be salt, to be light, to take your light out from under a bushel. We are discovering here at Marsh Chapel the passion with which to live. You'll notice the windows to right and to left. Location is important. We have spots, places identified in the lower bank of windows, all very important. Christ Church, the temple in Jerusalem, the Boston stump, and all. But here our saying is not location, location, location. At Marsh Chapel, our word is vocation, vocation, vocation. And so across the top bank of windows, you have those stories. Some, we we would add different representations and names today. Stories of those who heard a voice and heeded after a knock, 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 a thump, thump, thump at the door. Those who heard where their deepest passion met the world's greatest need. Those who took a stand and a trajectory in life so that they could find a place to say, where is yours? Here I will plan for the worst, hope for the best, then do my most, and leave all the rest. Where is that essentially you, that ingredient of vocation, in and through which you can blend together your ability, affability, and availability into a life that becomes the gospel. You know, Oliver Wendell Holmes had it right. Any profession is great when greatly pursued. Our work here is vocation, 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 and there are some within the hearing of the gospel in its reading and interpretation today who will be called out and up to a form of service, maybe even to a calling to the preaching of the gospel. This is a community of 35,000. Somewhere, somehow, each year, Jan and I believe, there will be women and men who hear and heed a calling to ministry. We may need in the announcement of this good news to remember some stories from the past. We live out of the future, but we understand out of the past. And it's our memory, finally, that feeds our hope. We may need to remember some older stories. We may may need to remember Come a Sunday devoted to vocation. The story of Albert Schweitzer, who grew up in that little land between France and Germany, Alsace-Lorraine, grew up in a Lutheran parsonage, gave himself to music. He was a child prodigy upon the organ, traveled the world playing the organ after a while, grew up to follow in his father's footsteps and to become a Lutheran pastor, to run a seminary in Strasbourg, and to become for his time one of the great New Testament scholars. His work to this day stands the test of time and his book, The Quest of the Historical Jesus, reminding us that we can see very little actually in history of the person of Jesus. Said Schweitzer at the end of his great tome, and speaking these words speak to us today. He comes to us as one unknown. As of old, he came 
to those along the lakeside who knew him not. He speaks the same word, follow me. And to those who will obey him, be they wise or be they simple, he will reveal himself in the toils, sufferings, and struggles which they shall pass through in their fellowship with him. And they shall learn as an ineffable mystery in their own experience who he is. You shall learn as an ineffable mystery in your own experience who he is. Schweitzer at midlife left behind organ, left behind study desk, left behind Greek New Testament, studied for six years to become a medical missionary, and spent 40 years healing the hurts of the Powan and Benjabi tribes folk in Central Africa. So at the end of his life, he could look across a great river and see a herd of hippopotami coming toward him and phrase and coin his own central philosophy of life, a reverence for life. Vocation leads to God. We may need to remember the story of Jane Addams, not very well known here on the East Coast, and yet one of the great heroines of American life. She grew up 130 years ago in Rockford, Illinois, and somehow, in a time not very amenable to the leadership of women, found her way alone to the great windy city of Chicago, that city called Windy because of the loquacious character of its leadership, by the way. There they were. She, over a hundred years ago, developed what to this day is perhaps the greatest single experiment in social ministry in American history, creating Hull House. Hull House was the child of the imagination of one generous, gifted woman, Jane Addams, with two Ds. There she developed a feminine community, a feminine spirituality, a feminine energy. She created female labor unions more than a hundred years ago. She required safety checks in factories. She gave birth to playgrounds and daycare centers and also created stage plays and a sense of community and then traveled the country speaking about the needs of the poor. In 2008, her words ring true to you and me. The blessings, she said, the blessings that we associate with a life of cultivation and refinement will be uncertain unless they are universal. The good that we secure for ourselves is uncertain, floating in midair until and unless it is secured for all and is a part of our common life. Just before he died, our colleague and neighbor Christopher Lash wrote on her life saying that like many reformers before her, Jane Addams found a part of herself which, once released, freed up all the rest. Vocation leads to God. We may need to remember on this Sunday, Howard Thurman, one does not enter this pulpit without thinking of his presence, reminding oneself of the gift of his spirit 
in this very spot. You know, as a, a younger person, he studied for theology at the Rochester Theological Institute, and he was in the summers employed at the First Baptist Church of Roanoke, Virginia. While the minister was away on vacation, Thurman went, and the first year he was there, on the very first night, the phone in the parsonage rang. Thurman answered as he wrote in his autobiography. The woman on the, end of the other end of the line said, Is Dr. James there? No, he explained the situation. Dr. James was away. Well, Dr. James is the chaplain at our community's hospital, and we have a patient here, and the patient is dying, and he would like to see a minister. Are you a minister? And Thurman wrote, all of a sudden, in one kaleidoscopic moment, all of the struggle and decision of my life were laid before me. A decision about vocation was required. So honesty and all the ambiguity and worry of my choice were before me until I said, yes, I am a minister. Well, she said, then you better come, and you better come quickly, and please hurry. You may not be here in time. And off he went so quickly that he forgot his Bible, up the stairs into the hospital. She pulled back the dreaded curtain, and there the man did lie, reached up, eyes focused, and said, do you have anything to say to a man who is dying? If so, do so, and do it quickly. And as Thurman wrote, he bowed in silence, and no words came. And then he began to pray, and he lifted in one awesome gesture all of his soul, as if he were standing and reaching to the heavens to God himself, and paused and finally uttered an amen. The man, he wrote, took my hand, opened his mouth, and said, Thank you. I understand. He died with his hand in mine. Vocation leads to God. Your vocation may not be that of a medical missionary. Your vocation may, may not be that of a social reformer. Your vocation may not be that of a pastoral minister. But God has given you grace and gifts to make this world a better place. Where is your passion for living? And where does that deepest passion meet the world's greatest need? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Amen. As we prepare our hearts for prayer, I invite you to stand, sit, or come forward to kneel at the altar rail if it is your tradition to do so. Now let us sing together the call to prayer. Lead me, Lord, 
hymn 473. God, we bow in prayer before you, the true and living God, in thanksgiving and praise. With gladness and joy, we reflect on your countless blessings in our lives, grateful for your abundant mercy and enduring love. We praise your great and awesome name. We are thankful that you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love. Shamefully, we admit that since the last time we confessed our sins, we have strayed again. We have been envious of the fortunes of some while reveling in the misfortunes of others. We have failed to show compassion and have been slow to forgive. We have focused on the pleasures of this world and turned away from you. Forgive us, Father. We open our hearts to the power of your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your patience and persistence with us, for we know you have been waiting for our welcome. We pray for military members and first responders. Thank you for the selfless sacrifices they make in their service to others. We pray for their safe return at the completion of their duties and we ask you to bless those struggling with post-traumatic stress syndrome. Abide with those for whom violence is a norm in their home, neighborhood, or country. We pray for the people in despair due to the loss of jobs and homes, the degradation of their minds and health, and the devastating death of a friend, parent, child, or spouse. We pray that we don't come, become complacent to their plight. Bless them, Heavenly Father, and use us to be the peace of your presence in their lives. We ask for discernment, courage, and strength to put our faith into action with compassion and service for others. In these turbulent times, we pray for our nation and the world. In the midst of he said, she said accusations and venomous attacks and counterattacks, Help us to focus on reconciliation and forgiveness. We pray for the Holy Spirit to renew our hearts and minds so that we may follow the encouragement of Paul to focus our thoughts on whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise. 
Lord, you taught us to pray, and you told us to pray persistently so that we will hear and recognize your voice when you answer. And as a congregation, we pray these things in the name of the one who is the Son of God, as well as the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. And we pray together as he taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. We greet you this morning, especially those of you who are parents visiting with us for Parents Weekend. We're glad that you've chosen to join with us this morning. We hope that all you parents and all gathered here today will take a moment to fill out the ritual of friendship, otherwise known as the Red Book at the end of your pew, uh, so that we can know one another better and be in touch. We hope you'll join us following the service for lunch in Barristers Hall at the School of Law next door. We give thanks this week, Parents Weekend for the ministry of our choir who sang a beautiful concert including Howell's Requiem on Friday night. Howell's Requiem will be performed again on November 2nd here at Marsh Chapel in the context of our Sunday morning service. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Gracious God, who loves each one of us, we offer these gifts to you as we are always reminded of the gifts you give to us each day. Amen. The sun shall warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. Amen. 